Hyperno Goethe, German-Irish Conversations. Join me, St. Pauli fan and former Dusseldorfer Kieran Murray, in conversation with my guests as we explore the connecting moments of German and Irish life. We delve into the many aspects of arts, language and life across cultures. What do musicians, dancers, artists and writers pick up from both cultures? And how are they inspired and enriched by the other? Hyperno Goethe. German-Irish Conversations is for all listeners who like to go and think beyond borders. This podcast is supported by the Goethe Institute Dublin. Falter Road and welcome to Hyperno Goethe. My guest today is Dorothy Meyer-Holtkamp, series producer on Hyperno Goethe and outreach coordinator with Near Media Co-op. Dorothy, um, it's great to have you actually in the studio. Uh, Thank this you. Time. So maybe um, you're here because this is the last one in the series, so it's mm-hmm. a, a special one. But um, just tell us, I suppose, first off, uh, where are you from? I'm from a small town called Dinklage. Uh, it uh, belongs to Kreisfechter in northern Germany. So it's about 10,000 inhabitants. That's where I spent my first 15 years. And Kreisfechter, is Fechter the big town mm-hmm. in the Fechter area? then is the... The, the main municipal uh, of of, yeah. of that area, and so uh, in the in the kind of more small town village that mm-hmm. you, yeah. Well, so what was it like there going to school? What kind of school did you go to? Um, so the German school system was a bit different to the Irish one as you um, know. So uh, I went to a Realschule um, and uh, yeah, small school. Like first of first of obviously the the Grundschule there was only two. So I walked to school, you know, as well a very um, protected and uh, very small village life. And um, forgive me for the people who are very familiar with the German school system, but it does get kind of complicated in mm. the Realschule, Hochschule, ha- and mm-hmm. is that, and then Gymnasium. It did three different types of school. Yes, yeah. exactly. So the like the Grundschule is kind of like the uh, primary school, yeah. and you start that a bit later, like at the age of six, because you go to kindergarten. So I suppose the kindergarten maybe is a little bit more like preschool yeah. here, and then um, from the age of ten, you kind of um, decide if you go to. Hauptschule, um, which is the more basic um, Realschule or Gymnasium. And it's often through the academic achievements or your self-confidence and the recommendation of the teacher, but also about your circumstances. You know, you mightn't have the chance or you might um, live in a particular part, especially in a a bigger city where the chances aren't so equal. Is it kind of very early? I mean, now that you're a parent yourself, you realise the child is making kind of quite big decisions. Yes, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. And uh, I think some um, lender, like, uh, as you know, Germany is a federal country, like, realize that as well and there's a concept now about a Gesamtschule where children go to the one Schule, Gesamtschule and then um, it's only at a later stage where you decide then uh, will I continue a year um, or will will I leave after the nine years and also, there are more opportunities now. It's not as strict as it maybe was. I think how I, how I can read it twenty years ago, like or, or forty years ago. Now you have the option after Realschule, you stay on an, another couple of years. You can make your Abitur. I made my Abitur like the A levels uh, from the Gymnasium later, also in a roundabout way when I went to to college, which was like a kind of dual vocational uh, path and. Uh, yeah. So, but it, it is. Yeah. It's very different to, to the Irish system. And now that I have a picture of uh, Dorothy Elfendorf, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how was it then? Did Dorothy Elfendorf say, "Oh, I, I want to go and live in Ireland. That's that's my <laughs> dream." What what path did that take? Yeah, um, I always liked um, 
traveling I was like going away I was always excited um, visiting our uncles and aunties and <laughs> never mind going further afield so it was clear when when I started learning English in school that I really wanted to to learn that language and also with a view to to spend some time abroad at some stage and yeah in the 90s I, I went to Scotland I, we wanted to go to Ireland it was with my older brother Olaf and my then boyfriend and we, we didn't have the money for the ferry to continue like after arriving in the UK to go all the way over to Ireland as well so we just travelled um, the UK and like went up to Scotland with a little Fiat Panda a Cinco Trento a tiny car like with the two big fellas and me squashed and like our like tent and because uh, sleeping bags everything like to have it on a cheap string um, but yeah so uh-huh. I, I just have to ask I, was your brother <laughs> there as a chaperone or when you go on holidays with your boyfriend oh. in your late teens do you bring your brother <laughs> no we were good mates so yeah, we, okay, we would have yeah. hung out and uh, go um, out together and so no we yeah. three got on sure just, just checking there was it <laughs> So you got to Scotland, but you didn't get to Ireland then. No, so, no. Yeah. so that thought never left me. I was like, <coughs> I need to go to Ireland. So I picked it up later than uh, when I was um, in my early 20s and I finished my studies. But you did, uh, in, in terms of travel and leaving Germany, you did go to France mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. first, yeah. Yes, yeah. About that. <laughs> yeah. So when I finished my studies in Fechter, I decided, okay, now is a good time. Um, before I get a job and maybe yeah move house again so I but it was at a time like late 90s the internet might have existed but I didn't have the internet you know mobiles didn't exist I didn't have an email address so where do you go so I went to my local Arbeitsamt like fast then or intro now and I explained yeah I'm looking for a job abroad (laughs) and they were like yeah no uh, maybe Oldenburg Bremen so um, and I didn't know anybody in Ireland. I, I hadn't met anybody, so I didn't know. I, I, and I wasn't brave enough just to, to buy a plane ticket. Or, and I've never actually been on a plane before, my first plane to, to Ireland. Um, so there was an advertisement in our local paper for a family in France looking for an au pair. And my friend encouraged me to apply to write a letter to them. I was like, initially, I was a bit hesitant. Uh, and then she's like, oh, come on, like, you know, that's an opportunity to go somewhere else. And yeah, it was a great stepping stone. I met um, my Irish friend Eilish um, at the German uh, at the language class there, and she encouraged me then to go to Ireland. So, the French family were advertising for an au pair mm-hmm. who spoke German. So they lived in Mulhouse in yeah. Alsace, and um, so the, they had uh, three boys. Two boys were already studying, and then they had a younger fella. He was only nine, so they employed me. They wanted somebody to speak the German language to them, to him in particular, so okay. that he was raised German or bilingual. And uh, so he went to a school in Freiburg. So that was so I would drive him and two other kids from the village over to Freiburg, and uh, and then also you know yeah I know this is not your life or your story, but it's kind of fascinating so mm. if you live in France in Mulhouse in Alsace and yeah. your German was, is the, the dialect of Alsatian is the old German dialect these kids went across the border to Germany to go to school mm-hmm. okay oh. not all the you know it was yeah, only yeah. a small group but yeah. it was very important to yeah. the family family I was working for yeah and they yeah. were working actually in Basel in Switzerland so it was a real it was the Dreiländer egg you know where the yeah. Switzerland um, France and Germany kind of um, come together as a triangle yeah. Was the Alsatian very different from your own German? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a different dialect, but some yeah. words are very similar. Yeah. Um, 
but if I compare it to Luxembourgish, uh, where I was recently, um, I think it's it's more removed. It's okay. like so. I think Luxembourgish is a bit closer. Yeah. If I remember that correctly, it's so long ago. Now. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I suppose when you're um, in Ireland, that kind of distance to those places is very mm. strange. It's very hard to get a grasp on on the, like you say, even in the dry Eckland, the kind of three corner places. That three countries are so close together. Yeah, that people work in one, the children yeah. go to school in another, and they live in a third country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's in itself. So, when you eventually got to Ireland, mm. how did that bit fit together then? So I moved in with my friend Eilish. Uh, she, um, she she still went to. So she was an she was an Erasmus student in Mulhouse. So she went. She studied French and German actually, and uh, she said, "Well, you can sleep on our couch for the first few weeks or so until I find a house." And that's what I did. So yeah. well, I moved back to Germany first. Got some money, you know, uh, enough money for. A where ticket. was the couch? Just where, where? What couch? Where was the first <laughs> couch you got to? Uh, uh, just around the corner from me in Rahini, actually. Okay. Um, like wow. in our family house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and then I got my own place. And uh, mm. but yeah, that's how I started in a call center, working for the German market and customer service on the phone line. And then yeah, after a couple of years, or after a year, I was like, okay, that's enough. And uh, I decided to go back to college and applied for different courses then in Ireland. And that was in Cork? I had the whole list. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. 20 courses. Like, I think you could yeah. do 10 for the university and 10 for ITs or, yeah. Um, so I got um, I got accepted into UCC in Cork, yes. Did an aptitude test there at, at the Boole Theatre with 200 other students. Very daunting. Wow. Um, that was a bit of a jump as well then because you had been living in Dublin then mm, kind of uh, absolutely. with friends yes. and found yeah. a new yeah. home and place to live and stuff yeah. in Dublin. Yeah, and yeah. off you went again. Yeah, it was, yeah. And uh, Cork is so different. Much easier to get around, much much more compact, but also quite cliquish. Um, when you have an inn, you're in. And it's a beautiful city and so much going on as well. But yeah, it was a, yeah, exactly. It was a starting all over again. And I was starting as in, not as an Erasmus student. I had applied like, like an Irish person. So um, it was a bit um, challenging initially. I had a lot of self-doubt. Would I be able to manage this, uh, like, um, with my language um, intellectually uh, but also like translating everything um, but uh, yeah I did I did manage yeah of course um, now that you've been here 20 years and more mm-hmm. um, and speaking of language I mean mostly when you speak English it's it's very hard to pick that you're that you're German there's not much trace of an accent there at all how do you find that Irish people perceive Germans, what do you think their initial sense of Germans is? And I kind of ask you because when people meet you at first, they might not know you're German. Yeah. So sometimes you get to be very easily on both sides yeah, of the fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's, um, th- yeah, there's that stereotype of Germans um, being punctual and very organised. Um, I'm not the organised one in our house. <laughs> I'm much more chaotic, <laughs> so I, I always have to be reminded. Put that aside. Um, yeah, we live in a small house, so it's important <laughs> to be organised there. So, um do you think then that um, Irish people know enough about Germany or Germans or is it just the perception from mm-hmm. what they see on television? Are they still watching old war movies or the LOLO kind of British <laughs> comedies from even a generation ago or something? I, I think uh, there's so much travelling going on, so much um, exchange. Most Irish, uh, I know, maybe the, because they're also a little bit older, have spent some time abroad and uh, I'm always surprised how many people have spent some time in Germany. And... 
but yeah, they often make a reference to their stereotype initially. Oh, I thought you were all, you know, really dedicated or really um, organized or really um, punctual or uh, you don't have a sense of humor. But like, there seems to be much more of a similarity in, in, in our humor or sarcasm or the uh, way we appreciate things. Yeah, you know, um, uh, my brother uh, was living in Bamberg for a while in, in Bavaria. But, but he had spent quite a number of years living in Spain uh, and with his partner being Mexican, he's very immersed in the whole Latin culture and he just never considered Germany as a place hardly even to visit. Yeah. You know, maybe a weekend in Berlin, but never. But it just ended up because of work, they ended up there and living there. And um, I'd always been telling him how really interesting and how great Germany was, but he just didn't really believe me. But his experience was so... <laughs> open he said he just couldn't believe that when he moved into the apartments that then different neighbours called in and they called in with beers and they called in to say hello and introduce themselves and then they would say we'd like to invite you up for dinner mm. to meet us and he said uh, this just continued yeah. and he said you know he said uh, come Thursday he said uh, you don't, you're in a new place you don't really know people you're thinking well what would we do at the weekend and your neighbours dropping down said hey maybe we'll go for a beer after work on Friday to catch up and Wow. He just had this experience and he said, it's just nothing. And after living in Spain for a few years, he said, like, you could live in the apartment block in Spain and yeah. you don't really have that. It's not really going to happen. That sounds very special, though, as well. You know, like that sounds very welcoming and it mightn't be as universal. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a lovely yeah. um, welcoming that they experience. But it's something I would have been brought up as well. You know, like yeah. when you when you move somewhere, like you introduce yourself to your neighbours and it's something... I suppose I, I carried with me, you know, I like to know who lives next door or opposite. And, yeah. Um, well, I did hear that, and that was Bamberg, and I suppose it's more small city Bavaria. Mm. But uh, some of my own experience in Dusseldorf were quite similar, which is yeah. a very different feel, a kind of bigger city in yes, the Rhineland. Yeah, yeah. But still, that, that Rhineland feeling, they were quite open. Maybe there was that, um, what do you call it, that, that, that kind of assertiveness or that really straight talking. Mm -hmm. That, that the Germans have, that the Irish really don't have at all. The directness, uh, yeah. The, that yeah. simple directness. And, um, hello, I see you've moved into the new apartment. Yeah, I would like yeah. to meet you. And you go, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, is this an inspection or something? But it's, it's, it's not. It's a genuine kind of friendly curiosity. Yeah. Uh, my daughter then, um, adding to this kind of story of, of my sense of it, is now living in Gießen, mm -hmm. in, in Hessen. And, and her experience, again, is this very kind of direct friendliness this yeah. you're a fantastic ambassador for Germany yeah, brilliant <laughs> <laughs> but it's not, it's not that difficult to be the fantastic ambassador when it has when you have my, those first hand experience yeah experience. yeah and um, you know the the um, exchange things when you're finished with um, fridges and vases and beds and everything mm. you can just leave them out for other people to take them yeah that, that doesn't really work in Ireland at any kind of level that people are it used to be just for Spermel like a couple of yeah. days in the calendar where you could leave your your furniture out or or, um, yeah. or or also your white goods but yeah it seems to have spilled over into other days as well or that people just have an area and I think Germans in general are quite frugal and they also appreciate recycling and um, and exchange of things and passing on passing on clothes you know for in families I mean I see that here now as well having a daughter uh, the importance of, of of being in that cycle and that's how I grew up as well Having a daughter here now do you think that does she feel German does she have a sense of being German I mean she's young but um, is that important? It's important to me <laughs> it's um, 
Uh, and yeah, I think she, ha- no, she definitely has a sense of being German. Um, so she recently was eingeschult. Um, she started school. And in Germany, we have the tradition of a schultüte, where you, uh, where you make a cone out of paper mache, and then you put um, some sweets in, but also some pens, you know, something that you need for school, just to make the transition easier. And um, that's the first time when I heard you referring. Ich bin Deutsch und ich kriege eine Schultüte, because I'm German, I get this. And uh, yeah, it's... Um, It's so important. Like, you know, yeah. I don't want her to come yeah. to Germany with me. Like, we travel regularly at home. Um, my, my two brothers still live there. I have friends there. My mom is there. And I don't want her to go and not being able to communicate with my, my, with my family and also my friends there. Do, do your brothers have children her age? Yeah, my older brother has uh, two kids. Exactly. And, you know, it would be so such a shame. So if she couldn't speak couldn't, German. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So okay. she has a very um, uh, strong, charming inner city Dublin accent and North German accent so she would say <laughs> something like can you can you can you come here to me <laughs> I'm balloon <laughs> and then she would say something like um warte no noch fünf Minuten Mama bitte bitte so like oh <laughs> yeah that's a lovely mix and um, on the series I suppose the whole series I very good the series was about finding that connection and finding that crossover and how some people live with kind of one foot in in both Mm -hmm. worlds. Throughout the series and you acting as producer, do you think there were particular times when we came across that as as, as quite a big part of people's lives or were there guests that you particularly enjoyed? Yeah, so we had 20 guests, um, like the youngest being um, a footballer, Emily Kraft, in her late teens, and then the oldest being, I think, I think he was the oldest, um, René Ball, the uh, visual artist and, um, and son of Nobel Prize winner Heinrich Ball, who has been referenced by nearly every, I think by every guest, and also he's so well known. F- father of. A fa- yeah, the father, <laughs> not René, yeah. the fa- yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I think all the 20 guests, like through all of the programs, was a strong theme and sense of identity, cultural identity and um, appreciation of living in another space, in another country or other countries, as some uh, have moved to other places in their lives and what that brings to them and your own identity. Um, and then the it was a uh, really insight into how Ireland has changed and also Germany, like uh, into different areas, geographical areas of Germany. So, um, yeah. And I think um, Oya, uh, Oya Dermici, the librarian mm-hmm. uh, in the Goethe Institute, whose idea this was uh, really and who a lot of the guests she came up with. But one of the times it was always felt it would be best as one on one. But when we did um, Killian and Helmut Sunderman, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Oya felt that these two would work really well together. I think she'd seen them together before. Yeah. But it was curious because Killian being brought up here by yeah. two German parents was clearly the, the, the story of what's it like feeling half mm-hmm. German but on this time his father was there beside him mm-hmm. so he couldn't only give his interpretation of it his father could give the other and so Helmut would say well you know bringing up children but there, his child was his grown child was there in front of him so that was really curious how that worked Yeah, and, um, and Killian I suppose being a comedian was so sharp Yes, yeah, and and he uses that theme a lot in it, in his comedy as well, 
in a very clever way. Uh, the cake is such a great way how the, the Germans or the Irish would give and receive cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you like it? Oh, no, 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 no. And the German would just say, yeah, yeah. thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you keep that old fashioned Irish attitude in Germany, you never get any cake at all. Yeah, um, they're asking three times for tea or yeah. Yeah. And then um, the actor, director, podcaster, Stephanie Preisner, yeah. like uh, how her sense about being German and her relationship with alcohol and how she openly spoke about um, her autism. And, uh, oh God, there was such a variety. Um, who else? Uh, I'll never cycle by the marble sculpture head of Luke Kelly at the end of Sheriff Street and the Docklands without thinking of Vera Clute, the, the visual artist we uh, featured. And she's also part of the Woman of Wall- on Walls project, commissioned to create a bust of Dr. Rosalind Franklin for the long room in the Trinity College Dublin's old library. Um, and then... Uh, the German ambassador at the time in 2020, Dyke Potzel, and how she talked about um, the stereotypes uh, uh, that of, of Germans, um, that it's very similar to Dublin people, as well as uh, she felt like people in Singapore and Tehran, where she spent some time. Yeah. And then there was Siobhan Armstrong, who moved to Germany without a word of German, teaching children the harp, who in turn then helped her to learn the language. And what I like about um, her conversation was uh, how she now feels like she grew up in Germany and she feels a little bit eingedeutscht and that her environmental consciousness uh, that she picked up in Germany stayed with her even today. Um, and I suppose Hugo Hamilton recording that live in the Good Institute Library itself was was particularly interesting because Hugo was almost a personification or manifestation of that German Irish mm-hmm. world. Yeah, and growing up uh, speaking Irish as well, not not just English, like but Irish predominantly. Yeah. Yeah. And his Lederhosen, as he uh, references yeah. in his um, auto. A biographical book, and and he was cited by so many other guests. Yeah, very prominent, and yeah, and it was a lovely recording, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. lovely setting, like a really warm uh, space to be in in the library. Um, yeah, it really added to the series. There was a great mix with a lot of poets and writers, mm-hmm. and, and but of course it was good. Uh, some of the academics were were really interesting mm-hmm. in speaking, I suppose, about themselves and not speaking about their academic topic. Uh, I kind of felt it was much nicer to be able to get them to open up much more because they didn't really have to be right or wrong about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, where as a serious academic, you, you have to be kind of accurate about what you're talking about. Yeah, no, it's more the portrait, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's more about the personal yeah. side. And, and uh, Gisela, Gisela Hofer um, mm-hmm. kind of runs the Irish-German Academic Centre down in Limerick. But to have her talk much more openly yeah. about it was yeah. kind of really nice, you know. And they're Donnerstag, I don't know if I pronounce that right. That um, The poem every Thursday, yes, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. nice. Yeah. Such a lovely... Um, uh, invention, like such yeah. a lovely date in the calendar. I did like as well the way that uh, Mia Gallagher, the writer, mm-hmm. was, um, was, her, was, it was her grandparents who were German. So it was interesting to see how strong her sense mm-hmm. of Germanness was down another generation. Yes, yeah. Because you often think it starts to slip there. Yeah. But for her, it was a very powerful part of her of her art, of her writing. Yeah, and, yeah. And of herself, you know. Yeah, and the influence exactly of her grandmother. Yeah. Moving to Kilkenny from from Vanamunda, I think from from the Baltic Sea. Yeah, I think she started as a gymnastic yeah. teacher. And also so random, you yeah. would think, you know, at that time to to make that move. Uh, it's so easy today to go uh, to leave your country. Yeah, you you could have followed that story and said, well, <laughs> if she can move from Vanamunda as a teacher, I can go. Yeah. 
Um, and who knew that um, Father Ted or um, Dermot Morgan, uh, the actor, you know, had a uh, was married to a German wife, and um, so we had his son part of the uh, yeah. series, um, Donica Morgan. Again, maybe Donica with that third generation mm. wanting to speak Irish to his children, mm-hmm. even though he and German. Sorry, German. Oh. German wants to speak German to his G- children. Yeah, yeah. But being raised here as the son of a German mother and Irish mm-hmm, father mm-hmm. speaking German, but then wanting to pass that on as part of his world. Mm-hmm. I think that was also a nice. Um, I think you were reminiscing about um, like Dublin in the nineties. Like what I remember as well. Like it's it's so different. Like. It's only 20 years ago, 23 years ago when I got here, 24 years ago. But it was, you know, instant coffee and, you know, you ordered a salad and it was just half a tomato with some iceberg lettuce and a dollop of coleslaw. <laughs> and now, like, you have this array of, of all the different taste cuisines. Um, and, like, the baristas are, you know, like, I don't know, like, they have such a variety as well. Um, but yeah, it was lovely to, to hear those references and for me also that I remember that time, you know, like to, to, to have seen that kind of transformation. And uh, um, some of their recommendations to different people um, were really lovely as well. Some of their recommendations for places to travel to in, in Germany had never occurred to me or I just never even heard of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, of course, I'm thinking about um, the poet Jan, Jan Wagner. Jan Wagner, Jan. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked about the Uckermark and um, how he, how you can go and take out two donkeys and you do, you, you walk along and the the one rule is you go as far or as fast as the donkey. If they want to have a break, if they want to um, munch on some grass, you just stop as well. So it's a really nice. I think it's such a lovely story because you just don't think of somewhere north of Berlin renting donkeys <laughs> and going walking in the hills. You just assume that that's the Irish side of the story and you're in Connemara. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think I think Jan promised me a beer when I get to Berlin, so I have to. Nice. That's, that's on my list of things to get to. Yeah, <laughs> and to go to the donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. it was a lovely like to to be to be brought to those all those different places. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me then, when it comes to that kind of series and and hearing all those people with their different life experiences and stuff, do you feel that there are still um, big differences between Ireland and Germany? Well, some of them cultural values I suppose like the punctuality let's say um, I, I, I do feel that Germans are generally more punctual when they say 8 o'clock they mean 8 o'clock um, but then again I do have a couple of friends yeah I'm probably going the other side <laughs> well, I'm often the late one now where I'm apologetically texting <laughs> um, what else oh, my, yeah the directness I think we had mentioned that earlier yeah, so yeah. I think that is something that I appreciate it about Germans, you know, like yeah. being being a bit more upfront. But sometimes the on the care side or like the the other side then is that you know can be also a bit too judgmental. So and that's also what I like about the Irish. You know, sometimes uh, it's it's um, it's way better to be diplomatic and to kind of hold back. Yeah, I'm so sure it's I'm sure it's hard for Germans when the Irish person says, "Oh, that's grand," <laughs> but it has it carries hardly. Well, what any do you mean? <laughs> but tell me, no, really, what yeah. do you want to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> We talked a little bit about how the schooling system was different. I mean, sometimes we hear about the, the German health mm. system being different and better. Is that true, do you think? Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of my um, um, big hates. Hates <laughs> is maybe a very strong word. But, um, yeah, I really miss the uh, German health system, the universal health care. Um, and not only 
that also the attitude that it's preventative like you know you go for a checkup you know it's normal you go to your in Germany you go to a gynecologist every year as a checkup you just do that uh, so I remember going moving to Ireland and, and I was asking German friends uh, Irish friends so where which gynecologist where would you go uh, no I don't know don't have no don't know um, so I went to a GP for something else and then I asked oh are you pregnant is uh, no no and I don't want <laughs> oh but why uh, just for a checkup and just her utter like not understanding and uh, for me it was just so strange growing up but but that's normal. Like yeah. you could just get checked for cancer for for everything. It's probably um, deep in the psyche that Irish people feel the more I can stay away from the doctor, the better it is. Yeah, because I, I can only associate sickness and probably bills mm. with the doctor. Therefore, I'm not going to go. Yeah, and, and, and that goes for like you say any form of checkup. What would I go yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm taking this on now because it's like, oh, 60 euro every time. Oh, I don't know. Do I need to go to the dentist? Do I need to go? So it's it's terrible that it's not. Um, oh, for me, like yeah. I'm, I've digested it a little bit better now after all these years. So but uh, do you, when you go home um, for a visit twice a year or three times a year, <laughs> do, you, do you time it with your, with with your my visit, visit to the, to the, to the uh, gynae, gynae checkup on yeah, holiday? Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. I do sometimes, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, here I was only seen while I was pregnant. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah, it's very it's very particular as well, maybe. Yeah. But it's, 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 yeah, it's very strange. And, um, and then also, but it's also for the healthcare system, it would work so much better if it's not only about identifying and then the aftercare. You know, preventative measures are obviously so much better in the long run. Do you think maybe are, are Germans a healthier people than the Irish people? Are they more? Do they, do they do more sports? Are school children more active? And is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I see a big increase in Ireland. Um, in maybe, but I'm from like I would always have cycled. I grew up cycling. That was just normal. To you cycle to school, you the, because the infrastructure was there as well. You know, cycling cycling path like Fahrradwege um, have always been part of of our infrastructure and in Ireland you know like th- that's only coming now or, or increased over the last uh, um, 20 years or like now yeah especially in, in urban areas um, but I do see a big increase in, in activities maybe maybe through COVID as well you know I do see whenever I'm in East Wall going up to, towards Clontarf like there's always people running on the on the seafront and I think the GAA is big and even like from, from young school age on so and has the GAA become an important part of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's clashing with um, the German uh, school for Tova, like the Goethe Institute. <laughs> Her language school is on Saturday mornings. Oh, so, um, yeah. um, but that time might change at some stage, or we might find a GAA class later on, uh, or on a Sunday. But yeah, it's it's all about <laughs> the timetable of uh, of of, uh, of your children now, of course. And have big GAA games in Croke Park become part of your life as well? Um, I've been to a couple and, and like anything life is always so much better. So no, it is amazing yeah. um, like being uh, living so close as well. Yeah. And observing it totally. Let me go on to kind of uh, to yourself and maybe that cultural kind of thing as well uh, in terms of some of the difference between Ireland and Germany. Do you think there's a difference in terms of, say, classical music or opera or those kind of things? Would that have been something that would have been more familiar uh, to you in Germany, mm, I suppose the classical music has their roots in in in, in Germany um, from the Romantic era, um, it, but it's very selective as well, or very it comes down to the to the individual, I suppose. Um, so, 
we would have listened to some classical music, but it wasn't necessarily on every Sunday. Mm. Um, and so I'm just thinking now, like my parents didn't play an instrument, but my, my uncle and my aunt, Bernhard uh, and Pia, they, they played both instruments and they were also teaching um, music. And he was playing the organ as well. And my cousins, um, Claudia and Carola, they are both uh, musicians. So, yeah, it was very strong in, uh, on their side, okay. not so much on, uh, in, you, in our family. Do you remember them ever performing for family? Yeah, family actually. gatherings. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> so, I, okay, I did learn the recorder. That was a, a must in our family, and to recite a poem as well at, at Christmas time, and to, and to play the recorder. And uh, you just happen to have a recorder <laughs> with you today. There we go. <laughs> just a nice lead into that. <laughs> Close your ears now. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was my experience that um, people in Germany seem to be more familiar with things mm-hmm. like um, like opera and classical music that, as you say, it is part of a German tradition anyway. But, you know, lots of cities having their own opera house and lots yeah. of cities having their classical, what do you call it, Tonhalle or something like that, that mm-hmm. they would have this particular place. Mm-hmm. And um, the normal person you'd meet in the street or chatting that, that they would have been to a concert that they would know even the anyway. concert season yeah. or something is mm-hmm. coming up. Whereas here, I don't think that ever really existed much at all it just seemed to be quite at a different level mind you um, uh, Germans who I found were quite accomplished uh, musicians and singers uh, wouldn't play in public because they would say they're not good enough and the Irish would sing at the drop of a hat and regardless if they were good enough or not they didn't care and, and that's so wonderful about going to an Irish pub <laughs> and then everybody is chatting as well so yeah I suppose they're the parts that Germans are attracted also by uh, the Irish uh, culture what about uh, books and film? Um, is that something that for you, would you particularly still like to read books from German authors or yeah. films? Is that important? Oh, absolutely. When yeah. I have the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more limited now. So one of the books I'm reading at the moment is um, by Nino Haratishvili. She's a Georgian-born uh, German novelist. Um, so she, she was born in um, the early 80s and she fled... Um, uh, Georgia um, after the collapse of the Soviet Union and so she wrote a book it's called uh, The Eighth Life for Brilka have you heard it? No I don't think it? so no. so it's um, it's the life uh, of the uh, so it's a family saga it um, spans f- uh, it's set in in Tbilisi in Moscow London uh, Berlin and it's it's written from the point of view from Nisa Yashi and she tells it's for her niece uh, Brelka her 12 year old niece so she writes down the story of her of her family but it's a historical novel as well so it's kind of it's a, it's epic and it's arranged in in, in eight books uh, all through diff- the ice through different women um, from from her family and uh, I mentioned it to my friend um, to a friend of mine from home Graziela who works for the foreign affairs and she was she had a stent in in Tbilisi in Georgia a few years ago and I asked her oh by the way do you know this book she's like, do I know it oh my god we had a copy in the embassy and everybody uh, so it was passed on so you could always tell so it's kind of Irish's Tagus book for yeah, Georgia yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could tell who had red eyes just had the book and just stayed up too late to, to read it yeah so that's yeah. one I would um, recommend uh, really um, harrowing and um, insightful and really warmly written I must get a lend of it from you afterwards. yeah yeah if I it might take me a few more sure. <laughs> weeks <laughs> I'm not staying up that late <laughs> if I can tear myself away from another uh, Volker Kutcher um, 
uh, Weimar Berlin book because oh, yeah, he blamed, it, blamed yes. the Goethe book club yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. for starting me on, oh, Mo, on Moabit but I think I'm on, on book five now or book six Okay, I can't remember the original uh, name but I know it's translated into Babylon Berlin and there's a television yeah. series yes, that yeah. I haven't seen but um, but it's that one and it's mm. just another crimmy after crimmy and I tell myself I should start reading this this crimmy series and read something else but it's so it's hard, it's hard to do when you enjoy it and when I'm, I'm so if it fits yeah and I think it starts about 1926 or something like that um in in that kind of Weimar era Berlin and it's up to 1932 now so you can see that the, the world changing so I almost am committed to it um, yeah yeah Another author I like um, to return to regularly, uh, she's Italian now, Elena Ferrante. Yeah. Um, so, like, one of her um, uh, most or best well novels uh, is The Quartet. It's like My a, Best Friend. Yes, My Brilliant Friend. My brilliant Friend, that's, that her, that's her first one, yes, yeah. of, the, of The Quartet. And it's... Um, uh, it's a meticulous portrait of the, of the lives of, of the two friends, um, uh, Elena and Lena, I think, and through their detailed story, um, you also get the picture of of Napoli. That's where it's set, but then also um, later on, a place also in, in northern Italy, and kind of the, the 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 developments and the change of the nation and the classism and uh, loads of um, other themes. And again, really beautifully written, and and you feel like you're losing a friend, you know, after finishing um, after finishing a book. Yeah. Uh, one book I like to recommend for kids is Alle haben einen Po. Everyone has a bomb. <laughs> it's by uh, Anna Fiske. It's for kids age three or four and up, and it's um, it's it's like it's more a picture book. It's drawings of people in all sizes, shapes, different colors. Some are nude, some are dressed, and they're in different settings with different abilities and emotions. So it's a really fun and simple way to look at diversity and how we are all different and unique. And um, uh, it's also part of the Goethe Institute Library. Um, so it's, a, it's actually, it's a really brilliant resource for young and old. And I often, I often pop into the library when, when Tova is uh, in a language school. Like she goes to the language school on Saturdays and it's a, it's a really good uh, spot for bilingual children, families to, to encounter German in a playful playful way through arts and crafts they do and singing songs storytelling and and for them like to see other children learning like speaking the language so that it's not just me in, in, in our case and also other children and yeah she loves going there and it's also then an hour for me <laughs> to go into the library or to grab a coffee around the corner or to just have a chat with the other mamas and papas in the hallway and I know you're going to read a piece for us, but maybe we'll hold that till the end and we'll just go out on that as mm-hmm. the last piece. So um, I also wanted to ask you just in terms of, um, I don't know, German culture and German stuff, but um, what do you think you miss about home? Um, oh, friends and family. You know, like they're the, I know they're the obviously ones, um, but, uh, and then also being able to, not being able to hop on a train or jump into your car and drive for two hours and you're in Holland you know like that would have been my nearest destination going to Groningen for a weekend or going further to Denmark or wherever you live you know but you're never far too far away from another country that you can drive to or, or take a train so that took me some time to get used to oh god I have to take a plane every time and also 
been having grown up, I think, more environmentally conscious than um, or Ireland. Was, Germany was more envi- environmentally conscious um, than, than Ireland. Uh, it was a real change for me, like to accept that. And yeah, and I still miss that, you know, that proximity to other countries. The healthcare, yeah, I talked about that. Yeah. But um, then, you know... Um, um, what about food? Oh, yeah. I What do I miss? Bread. I never realized how much I love bread. Um, you know, we even have it in our so, uh, meal time, like Abendbrot, you yeah. know, that brot even features in brot, the yeah. uh, dinner. The a large slice pan, a large slice white pan that doesn't do no. it for you. No, 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 it needs to be whole grain, <laughs> falcon brot, well, or maybe sourdough. Zwiebel brot or something. Oh, yeah, oh no. Ma- um, uh, do you bake bread? Do you bake at home? Um, I have, yeah, no? yeah. But there, like, at least there is more of a variety now, and I find Polish shops great as well for for rye bread. The Polish bre- uh, people eat a lot of rye bread as well as German. So, and in general, like the Polish um, section in the shops, or even Polish shops, like, are such a great addition. Yeah, I think the Irish people are always very suspicious of that <laughs> black, black bread. No, I don't think so. No. The pumpernickel. Oh yeah, that can be yeah, very don't, don't heavy. Fancy that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spargel uh, um, yeah. is another one. Have you ever had the white spargel in Germany? Um, and it's particular, like At you the know, season. Yeah, yeah I was just yeah, gonna say the yeah. spargel season. So it's a few months <laughs> in the year. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we really have seasonal. Oh, we have strawberries in in Wexford strawberries in in June or something in July. But apart from that, we don't really have seasonal foods. We don't celebrate like that. Spargel yeah. season is such yeah. a big thing, it's isn't it? So big, and especially in Lower Saxony where I'm from, yeah. because it's mostly cultivated there, um, harvested there. So yeah, it's really big, and yeah, uh, yeah that's something I always um, appreciate when I go home if, if it fits yeah. with the with the calendar. And green coal, you know, I think. Um, was it Aunt Vita who mentioned that? Um, it's kind of curly cabbage and then it goes with pink like a particular sausage. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. really local again. Yeah. It's cl- he's it's an very near to where, mm, where you're from. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, traditionally you go with a bollerwagen, you're like you have a little, um, how do you call it? You know, you, you dra- drag that behind you. A little truckine or something. Yeah, <laughs> truckine. Tr- yeah, oh yeah. Nice. Truckaline. <laughs> I'm just going to Irish for the word because I can't think of it. I can visualize it. Oh, and you bring some schnapps with you and beer and then you, you, you know, you, you, you do a tour first, a cool tour. So you walk. So you have to earn your dinner and, and, and were, you drink Were you too far north to have any of the wine season? Was mm. it, was there was no wine fests? Like no, that? no. Yeah. Yeah. I came Which, across that when I lived in, in France first then and went oh, over course, to the German yeah, border. I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's yeah. this wine. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, yeah, amazing. Because uh, kind of... Um, Maybe, oh no, not probably a bit early. That September time is kind of wine fest, and all the villages and towns have them, don't they? And probably and Alsace, probably mm, Alsace. Yes, big yeah, yeah. Probably. And especially, yeah. I think the Federweiser is it, like the yeah. first white wine. And um, German wines, of course, aren't aren't really well known in Ireland. Do you no, and um, do you have a German wine? Um, do you normally drink a a nice Grau Burgunder or something? Yeah. Uh, um, oh, actually, we had a selection there. I'm just thinking. Um, because we were in Cologne, um, we went to the to the Eiffel region this summer after visiting my family. We usually try to go to a new region so to keep it interesting uh, for for everybody and to yeah to learn to and to see a new a new area. And then we flew out of Cologne where we have friends, and they 
they are friends who actually have a vineyard and and they so oh, they had six wines there and we had to do a wine tasting with them. Uh, awesome. Oh, it's hard to work. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the burden. But I don't yeah. I don't remember the names. Um, because you drank all six. No, I didn't. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> Um, Actually, I tell you a story. Um, the neighbor, like they they live in in Bickendorf, and it's like a it's like a village, you know. Like it's 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 really everybody knows everybody. You, they don't lock their door, even though it's in Cologne, like a bigger city. And uh, you know, I always thought like, oh Jesus, uh, it's, you know, it's a big city. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's so rural in a way. And so they, my friends live in a terraced house and they have a garden um, running out and then their neighbours, uh, same setup. And, you know, when we sit outside uh, on, um, on, the, on the patio, they, the neighbours just sit next door and, hi, hi, Natalie. Oh, hi, 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 hi. And oh, do you want to try this? You know, <laughs> exchange plates and everything. It's just so lovely. But um, she... Um, so Klaus was telling them, oh, yeah, this is Dorothy and uh, Carlos from, from uh, Dublin and Ireland. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I've been to Ireland. Uh, and she... She said she was doing a dance course, an Irish step dance course, and uh, they went with 30 people from the, her village because they got to know somebody in Ballon Rope, and they went over to the community centre, and th- so they did their step dance, their Irish dance <laughs> over there, and they, they toured, they went somewhere else. So it was just, um, yeah, very funny. So there's definitely a strong there's affination. Like, wherever you go, you know, like there's always those kind of random stories. Yeah, that's pretty random. Step dancing in Ballinrobe, okay. <laughs> yeah, this strong Cologne contingent. Yeah. I know lots of people in Ballinrobe, but that's another story. Okay. <coughs> yeah. It's right beside Kong, the, where the. Mm, yeah, yes. it's really beautiful there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very pretty part um, of the world. But anyway, yeah, so that was the wine, and maybe it's appropriate to go out um, with beer. Do you, do you recommend a beer? I would <laughs> recommend uh, a few beers. Um, Hakebeck is. Lesser known here, we all know Beck's beer, but so the Beck's brewery also has Hackebeck. Um, it's a little bit more herb, and then staying with the herbiness, um, there's also um, Jefa. It's a small town uh, close to the North Sea, or uh, uh, yeah, uh, Jefa. It's a really yeah, t- tiny town, tiny brewery, uh, but very herb, um, neat beer. Is Beck's near to you as well? Is Beck's yeah, it's, is it's, in, it's in Bremen, so it's an it's hour from okay, yeah. from Fechter. Yeah, yeah. Very, very loyal to your region. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would drink a bit burger now as well or Kambacha but um, you could bring yourself yeah. to drink something from <laughs> I could, yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 um, anyway perhaps um, it's uh, appropriate to go out of the Hiberno Goethe season uh, series with uh, something by Goethe yes so what I picked is um, where do I have it um, Kensturas Land Kennst du das Land, wo die Zitronen blühen? Im dunklen Laub die Goldorangen blühen. Ein sanfter Wind vom blauen Himmel weht, die Myrte still und hoch der Lauber steht. Kennst du es wohl? Dahin, dahin möchte ich mit dir, oh mein Geliebter, ziehen. So, I'm just going to give us the Irish translation now, uh, the English translation. Um, do you know the land? Do you know the land where the lemon trees grow? In darkened leaves the gold oranges glow. A soft wind blows from the pure blue sky. The myrtle stands mute and the bay tree high. Do you know it well? It's there I'd begun to be there with you, oh my beloved one. That was beautiful, Dorothy. That was fantastic. I think I prefer the German version. <laughs> anyway, lovely to go out on with Goethe. So, vielen Dank. Ich hab zu danken. 
Und ähm, auf Wiederhören. Und auf Wiederhören. Bis dann. 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 B